0: Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Jeff Yan. In this episode, you will hear part one of my conversation with Katie Lester, a senior in the Bachelor's of Social Work program at the University of Alaska Anchorage and a scholarship recipient at the National Federation of the Blind Scholarship Program. More links and information about today's conversation can be found on Digication's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram full episodes of Education Scholars Conversations can be found on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Welcome to Education Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Jeff Yan. My guest today is Katie Lester, a senior in the Bachelor of Social Work program at the University of Alaska Anchorage. Katie is a scholarship recipient at the National Federation of the Blind Scholarship Program. Katie was one of 30 scholarship recipients and her award was specifically for academic excellence and service to the community. Welcome, Katie. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. And the the honor and the pleasure is all mine. Katie, um, thank you again for agreeing to come uh, and speak with me. Um, I am so, so, so excited about this. We have known each other for a few years now. Is that right? A couple of years, maybe? Almost, yeah. A little over a year. Definitely over a year, I think, at this point. And we were introduced by our mutual friend and um, colleague, Paul Wasco, um, who runs ePortfolios at University of Alaska Anchorage.
1: Yeah, it's been quite an interesting um, journey, and it's been nice to be able to work with you and get to know you and work with Paul. It's been, you know, lots of, lots of new things and learning and, um, it's
0: just been a great time. I, I agree. I agree. I think it's, it's been fantastic. We'll dig into that a little bit more. Um, before we do that, why don't we give people a little bit of, um, context? So, um, so, why don't you tell me a little bit about your story? Now, um, for folks who haven't figured it out at this point, um, Katie, you lost your vision um, a few years ago. Um, and do you want to just, you know, tell us a little bit about about yourself and um, sort of, you know, uh, how you ended up being at uh, University of Alaska Anchorage?
1: Yeah, things. Um, so, right, I lost it a few years ago. Um, my vision, I grew up just always uh, normally every year going to the eye doctor as everyone else, but upgrading my glasses. And one time, it t- turned out that the doctor decided that I'm past that point and And um, so I got a awakening call of potentially being vision having my losing my vision um and so in 2018 um I lost my vision from what I went from not even being close to being legally blind to by the end of the year I had two feet of visual recognition and after that it's just steadily declined um so I now have about I'd say four to six inches. Um, so I typically go off of vocal recognition now more than anything else. Right. I use color contrast and um, have some light sensitivity, hence the sunglasses that I'm wearing. Um, but it's been an interesting journey in doing that. It's been, you know, quick emotions up and down rapids, but it reminded me of you know it reminded me to stop and look at what I really wanted for life what I wanted to do what mattered um it reminded me to not take anything for granted which was a big thing I've had loss in the past and different things but when you get so busy and everything going on you tend to forget and I was working quite a bit and If I wasn't working or volunteering, I was, you know, sleeping or doing some different things. So it made me stop and think of what I've done in the past, what kind of jobs and what I really want to do. So and that brought me to the I've always enjoyed helping others in um, any way I can. And instead of being at my going back to work and where I wanted to, I received an opportunity through the Division of Vocational Rehabilitation here in Alaska to go back to school. And so I chose the School of Social Work um, because there are so many different avenues that I can go in different directions and helps a lot of people with a variety of different information and knowledge that I gained through the schooling. And so that's where I'm at now.
0: Well, your story, I've heard it before, but every time I hear it, it's just so inspirational. Um, I I couldn't imagine. I think that when people say don't take things for granted, it really, you know, for you, it it was like, it feels like a moment's notice that suddenly you'd have vision and then you don't. Um,
1: Yeah, it's... uh something interesting you know I used to call myself a klutz growing up you know a lot of people tripping and falling and different things and um, when I started to lose the vision it really came to like higher attention you know that oh I can't see the heights and that perception of the sidewalk or where a stair was and um and then once I learned how to navigate non-visually um, through the Alaska Center for the Blind and Visually Impairment impaired, it was like a huge awakening. Because uh, that was one of the big things of losing your sight. It's it's like a it's like another grieving, like a loss of part of who you are, or what you've known. Um, I lost my vision. After in my 30s, so going 30 years with sight and then all of a sudden not having it, um, it's quite a shock and quite a change.
0: I can, I, I cannot even to start to imagine what that must be like, it must hit you like a rock. Um, and now you, you have, um, I want to dig a little deeper into that and how you make that transition. Um, I'd imagine, obviously, there is quite a lot that you have to transition on a sort of day-to-day basis, you know, how to get around. I know that you, um, by now, have, um, you know, have mastered the use of, um, uh, you know, various instruments, including I know that you have a beautiful um dog as well? Who helps you?
1: Yeah. um, I have my first guide dog, Dozer. Uh, He is a black Labrador retriever um, and he's four and a half. He'll be five in January. And uh, he's. I got him and graduated in February of 2020 from Guiding Eyes for the Blind based in Yorktown Heights, New York. And he's been a huge not just for mobility and a, a tool to navigate non-visually but it's like a best friend that gets to go everywhere with you and um when the pen we got I got him just before the pandemic and it just made a huge difference um because we were living in Seward Alaska and just just on the outskirts of town so there was a lot more isolation because of the pandemic, and it made a huge difference of having him
0: uh,
1: with me. Too.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. He went from New York to Alaska to come and help you. <laughs> what an, what a wonderful! Uh, I felt like that's a that's a whole story by itself. It is. It is. <laughs> um, um, I I know that one of the things um, that got us connected is because of your involvement with, you know, social work at University of Alaska, and you um, uh, use e-portfolios, you know, for part of the program. And um, as such, uh, you know, I know Paul and I have for a long time, and along with many other partners, you couldn't be more grateful. Really, along in the higher education sort of circle, there are there are really so many people in in this you know circle who care a lot about accessibility and making sure that everyone has has a chance to do you know to do um, to learn and to to have you know have a have a, have access and. Uh, uh, Paul, I think, came to me and said, "Hey, you know, I just just started working with this student. Her name's Katie, and she's amazing. Um, and um, she has been using Digication with the screen reader, and she has some feedback for you." <laughs> I think that's how it started. <laughs> I'm sure and then
1: that- more of probably, it's like this doesn't
0: work. Yeah. Right. And um, and I remember having that conversation with Paul and I had said, just like most people have conversations, you know, at least, you know, this was, I don't know, that must have been 2020, 21, maybe 20. 2021. Yeah, something like that. And I want to say that, you know, for folks who might be, hopefully folks who, if ever will listen to this 10 years later, the landscape will be completely different, but in in this you know in 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 in, in at this current time, um, I feel like that people experience you know a few different types of experiences in in your situation. They either um, go you know they are in a school, they're in a college, and they go to their teacher or their professor and say. Um, well, I use a screen reader. You are telling me to do some project. It's not accessible. I couldn't do it. And either the professor kind of goes, "Well, either don't worry about it, or you can do something else instead." Um, sort of, don't worry about it. I think that it all, you know, usually it really comes from a from a good, good, good place. But in my mind, that's really not great because all it did is to take you away from the, from the opportunity. Um, and then there are ones that are perhaps, um, you know, more willing to work with that. And they might say, all right, well, you can go and work with so-and-so or go to speak with this department. It might be someone like Paul if they knew someone who's, you know, sort of willing to bat for you, and that, or it might be an accessibility, you know, expert or a service or something along those kind of lines, um, and and then they might be able to help you. But even then, you know, the way that they can help you, sometimes they're they don't they don't really know what experience you are really having because they're not the ones doing the actual work and trying to upload. Their, 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 their work and trying to, you know, create something for people to see. Um, and um, and so when Paul told me that well, Katie is very interested in really having, you know, having the experience of building the portfolios and she would find this ability to do reflections and put up her work, etc, would be valuable as a learning experience. And I said, well, I would love to meet her. And that's how I think we got introduced. And then I think that we started talking and you had shown me where you had gotten stuck. And and then we had started working together. And I think we've had several calls. Well, probably a big bunch of calls since then. And, uh, and then we have uh, learned so much from your experience. We would sit together, figure out exactly what key, what keyboard um, shortcuts you might be using, whether you're using the arrow key or a tab key, some modifying keys, you know, using your screen readers and your screen reader um, may have some specific, you know, features, etc. And then we had brought in some other experts to come in and look at it together. And that's just been fantastic. And, and uh, I, I couldn't thank you enough, Katie, for sharing that experience because of your patience. Um, we had learned so much from it that we were able to recreate and sort of completely re recreate the experience of someone or, or, or the, the experience for for people who might be using a screen reader to, to, to access the education.
1: Yeah. I'm really glad I can help and everything, but it makes a difference. You know, the fact that you were willing to listen and see what, what my troubles were and what what it was really having difficulties and wanting to help and make that change and adjustments um, to where most people tend to oh you can help with this person or have someone you know there's applications that you can have someone else help you with it but Mm -hmm. when you're able to do it on your own completely it's like it's it makes a huge difference and it's like being able to grow up and do your own laundry because you have sight, and then all of a sudden you learn how to do your own laundry or clean your own house again. It's like it makes it. It's like the independence. It's it's like I can do this, and if I can do this, I can
0: do anything. I love what you just said there, and I, I, I think that there are, you know, I, I, I really hope that. These kind of conversations that we're having um, is going to allow for others, whether they are um, advocates, you know, for those who um, um, have special needs, or um, those who have special needs and need, you know, you know, would like to have more access to more accessible tools and technologies and services. Um, is to take away from that, it is not enough. And I'll tell you that before we, we met, um, I can tell you that, you know, we, we could claim that our product was accessible in that it's compliant to the terms. It's compliant to to the, you know, requirements in terms of the black and whites on paper. You know, technically, if you really want to tab, you know, A hundred times you can get to that spot on the page and and do what you need. Um, But it's not being compliant isn't really about isn't really being empathetic to your experience, is it?
1: No, it makes a difference when you could navigate well. You can really use, as they use the term, usability to actually use and do it timely and efficiently as anybody else, um, you know, makes a huge difference than just saying, yeah, went through a computer and it complies with the compliance of what the rules and the regulations are for state and federal. And But when you can actually truly use it and do it quickly and efficiently, um, it makes you know, you're more comfortable, you're more willing to continue and work with the product or work with anything. And, But it's also to where it gives you that hope and encouragement and independence to where you can uh, just feel uh, professional or so- and not just like successful of, yeah, I managed to do it, but it took me five hours versus... Yep. Yeah, I can do that. Give me a couple minutes, and let's put this up. Yeah,
0: and and I will say that, and I don't know. And it, again, you know, hopefully, people that that um, might listen to this will find that it's it's possible. There, that that extra layer of support can exist, and is not that hard. From a from a you know tool builder standpoint, what was the hardest was to know what the problems were. Once we know what they were, we were able to solve them relatively easily. I don't want to say it's super easy, you know, but once we know what the problems were, then we can go, oh, okay, well, there were so many low hanging fruits. We were able to go, well, let's knock this part out, that part out. It would cut down her her time by like 50%, by changing two lines of code. We just didn't know what they were, right? But to get to that, we have to listen. And that's, I think, really the key, isn't it?
1: Yes, Um, and I think it goes for both sides, you know, me listening to the challenges you face (laughs) on the building side of adjusting and creating because I don't have that knowledge and expertise on how to build and create that to what it takes for you to make those changes and, and you you know, for you when you listen. Okay, this is where she's struggling. What's the best way to navigate and help her succeed and as well as how can we do this and still keep what we're looking for, you know? Well, I I
0: would... I wanted to just add that, um, it, you know, as an advocate, perhaps in this case, as an, as an advocate for other software technology providers, um, that, uh, it is certainly one thing and there are a lot of companies and professional services out there that you can pay money for we've done that as well to to teach you what by the by the letters of the of the regulations um you know how how things are supposed to be and what the requirements are and you can come up with a a wonderful you know VPAT document that sort of covers your positions you know like we do have the ability to do this. We do have the ability to do this, you know, cause it's sort of a black and white thing. You can just sort of say, um, we provided access to it, but like you said, usability is a completely different thing. And I think that that extra step of being able to sit beside someone and say, look, I just want you to show me how you use it. And then you observe and, um, and, and you, you you just can learn so much from it. And to be honest, I think that it makes not just, you know, folks with, you know, using screen readers to access our product, but um, non-screen reader users, whether or not you have any special needs, um, you know, it's improved everyone's experiences. And we now are learning so much more about other types of um, needs that people have. There are people who have, you know, ADHD, short term memory, even. And I was, you know, talking to someone about that and they said, look, you know, the way that you label each and every one of your drop downs is going to matter because if that label goes away, someone that doesn't have a long, long, ter- long enough term memory may not remember why they clicked on it in the first place. So they have a different problem that. You do, right, Katie? Uh, yeah, it's it's very um,
1: interesting in how yeah. a label and how it's labeled makes yeah. a difference in someone's uh, use ability to use um, and navigate um, and successfully
0: complete a task that they're trying to do. Yeah. So I think that I argue that it's really better for 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 everyone, really. But but there is this, you know, I think there is a strange, um, you know, um, well, I guess it's not strange if you look at sort of how capitalism works. in <laughs> A lot of, um, you know, companies or vendors or, you know, tool creators, um, they, they sort of have this idea that, you know, most of our customers are not, um, you know, don't have this special need. But it could take us, you know, a dramatically, you know, longer to to build it like this, and therefore we opt not to. I think that that's an. I think it's at this point it's something that you opt to do, um, versus you know opting not to do.
1: Yeah, it's those choices and how much time and effort and things that you want to put into it, but. Um, I know we've mentioned, probably mentioned this before, but I'm sure Paul has c- told you too, that when you guys labeled those color schemes, that what? I was just ecstatic, you know? It's like I sent him a text message as soon what, as what? I heard it for the first time, because it like made a huge difference. It's not just random numbers to me, it's fire engine red, or, you know, All right, some gonna of the tell others.
0: Are We got to tell people what this means because, um, I think this is a really interesting, really, really interesting example. Um, so you had at some point, so in, in Digication, there are lots of places where you can choose custom colors for things. It Could be a background. It could be the, you know, the font color. It could be, you know, all kinds of stuff. And, um... And uh, very, you know, almost, almost very predictably, we had a, um, a, a place for you to pick colors. And of course, if you can see the colors, you can just simply, you know, point to it and click on it, and that's it. Um, and once you've clicked on it, the, the results um, would tell you that you have picked the color 00FFDD, zero, zero right? Uh-huh. Um, it would be something like that. Um, and uh, which, of course, doesn't mean anything to you or anyone else for that matter. Um, but from a programming standpoint, that's the color code. That's the exact color code that you pick. But who? it doesn't matter, right? Because I mean, you couldn't see it. You couldn't possibly tell what that means. And I remember talking to... Um, someone, and it wasn't about this, it, as I was, you know, doing research on, hmm, how can we make this color more accessible to you? And I saw some, I read someone on like an online forum that just said, well, if they're blind, they don't need to know the color because they can't see the color. And, and I'm thinking, wow, that's the, that is absolutely, absolutely terrible. And as if color doesn't exist because you couldn't see it. So, yeah, that as, that, that can is not, definitely gets no crazy a tool. responses. Yeah, as if it's no longer a tool for you to express yourself. Is as if it no longer matters to you. As if, you know, um, like color is meaningless. And so anyway, so for us though, we were going through that journey of trying to figure out what to do, and then um, we figured out how to. Um, translate each and every single one of those code to, like you were saying, fire engine red, fiery red, (laughs) etc.
1: Guest Katie Lester and host Jeff Yan spoke about the experience of using a screen reader to select colors in a Digication ePortfolio. We would like to take this opportunity to briefly share with you what this experience sounds like when using a screen reader. In this next clip, Katie kindly steps through the ePortfolio editing view in Digication to choose one of her favorite background colors. Heading level four button, color button, color button menu, collapse space, colors, 03A9F4, light salmon pink button, fire opal button, CG red button, fire engine red button, carnelian button. Rosso Corsa button, button, apricot button, atomic tangerine, Giant orange button, flame button, vermilion button, rust button, very pale yellow button, lemon yellow button, corn button, banana yellow button, enter color button what's... menu. Yeah, there is one of banana yellow or a sunlight <laughs> <yellow>. <laughs> It's just like, you yeah. know, it puts a good laugh, it, it, which... All, a side benefit, you know, is like with all the, you know, emotions running through, and maybe you've yep. had a rough day. And you're going through them, and you know, if you get a laugh out of it, <laughs> you know, it makes them. That that
0: brought, brought a little bit of joy to you, but I think that this, from a, just an expression standpoint, though, just yeah. knowing it's a banana yellow allows you to just go, yeah, that's the feel I'm looking for, right? Hello. And that's great, and I, I think that that's exactly the type of things that we should be talking about. And by the way, you know, um, and I'm not sure. Maybe it is in the reg, you know, in the regulations. But I I really don't even know that you're supposed to, you know, label each color or name each one. Um, but I don't I don't I don't I don't know what it is. But um, I mean, a uh, uh, better expert in the regulations can probably tell us. But but the, but the idea of something like this need to be translated to everything that we do, right? Because it's not just the color. It's about, you know, the placement of things, the order in which things are, you know, being displayed to you, jump from one to another and so on. This concludes part one of our conversation. To hear part two, be sure to subscribe to Digication Scholars Conversations on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. The education Scholars Conversations is brought to you by Digication, a technology platform powering the most innovative e-portfolio programs in K-12 and higher education. Our website can be found at digication.com. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please like, subscribe, and share with a friend. Thanks for tuning in.